Welcome to the Guide to Movies podcast with Joe and Sean. I am Joe. He is Sean. Sean, what's going on? <sighs> Nothing much. Um, I usually have something very well prepared, some sort of bit, something like that. But uh, I'm both uh, exhausted and uh, currently in the process of overdosing on caffeine. So there's, I, yeah, I know it's it, it's dual threats. Um, but uh, I'm getting there. I'm excited. Um, I'm excited to talk about uh, you know the amazing 40th episode we have. As we said off mic, this is 40. This is 40. Hopefully it is better than that movie. Uh, and I, it already will be because we have a very special guest with us tonight. Peter from Walkton Entertainment. We thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing? Greetings from the future. So this is my <laughs> Wednesday morning. So it's not very often you get to talk to someone from. So I figured what better way to spend lockdown than doing a live podcast with you gents and uh, talking about films. And it's an honor to be here. Thank you for having me. And thank you for being here. That's pretty much how this podcast came to be. Really? <laughs> Locked up. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> essentially. Essentially. But uh, yeah, we're very happy to have you here. Thanks for making the time. We've been eyeing you for a while to get as a guest. Um, Peter, you and I have talked off and on for God, almost a year now, I guess it is. Um, yeah. So we're very happy to have you here. Very honored. Thank you again. Of course. We have some fun things to talk about tonight, but before we get to that, let's talk... Well, I guess these are fun, too. I don't know why I just preface it that way. <laughs> the movies we're going to talk about are fun. Um, we like to talk about our top picks. It's been a little while since we did that. Our last episode was all about Zack Snyder's Justice League, uh, and uh, our next week will be Thor Dark World. <laughs> Repeating that joke. I don't know why. Um but first and foremost, I did see Godzilla versus Kong this past weekend. Uh, Peter, I know you saw it as well. Um, tomorrow yep. it comes out on HBO Max and in theaters here. Um, I, I, I'm i not going to go into it too much because I don't want to spoil it, but pretty much if you're expecting a giant CGI battle between Godzilla and Kong, that is what you're going to get. Uh, there are some... I mean, the story is just as ridiculous and kooky as the stories in the other films so you're not really surprised but um i will say two things one is that the action was actually a lot of fun to me i i had a blast with that and this the special effects i thought or visual effects i thought were second to none i really did yeah. enjoy them is that yeah. your experience too i know you said you're not a big godzilla kong fan yeah, look, the reality is if you've enjoyed the previous installments, including Kong Skull Island, you're going to have a great time with this film. For me personally, it just doesn't quite work for me. Uh, I didn't like the previous one, Godzilla King of Monsters as well. But to its credit, again, no spoilers, the visuals and the audio track are a big improvement compared to the previous films. It's beautiful to look at on a big screen uh, if you can go to a local cinema. But for me personally, it's just not my kind of film. But if you love the previous ones, you're going to click your feet in the air and have a great time in this film, guaranteed. <laughs> did the uh, did the visual effects uh, work on uh, Kyle Chandler's acting at all, or is that still not that great? Ooh, <laughs> I'm saying, that was rough in King of the Monsters. <laughs> I mean, the only spoiler I'll give you is that he's in it for a total of maybe three minutes. <laughs> yeah. All of them are so him running three minutes, you'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's not really much, but um, let's not talk ill about Kyle Chandler. He did give yeah, us full arts, clear eyes, can't lose. From I love Netflix. him. I hate him in those movies. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I'll say. I love him. I hate him in those movies. They are playing with a lot of characters in this. Um, mm. The one I will, I don't, and I don't want to get into spoilers, but you did see the commercial with the little girl touching Kong's finger. Um, 
she I loved that little girl in this movie. That actually was a very like heartwarming moment every time she was on screen. So I did like that. They did a good job with that. And Millie Bobby Brown, while I don't enjoy her often outside of Stranger Things, because I feel like she's always just an offshoot of Stranger Things, uh, you can tell that she's maturing and growing up as an actress. Um, yeah. But again, she's given the human story of Godzilla versus Kong to work with. So it's not like we're getting a ton from her. So um, are you, Sean, Team Godzilla, Team Kong, or as Jaren from Jaren Talk said on his video, uh, Team Undecided? <laughs> um, I am absolutely uh, Team Kong. I think uh, I understand Godzilla can breathe fire and is a nuclear hazard. But I mean, like Kong, he's got the dexterity. He's got the movements. And also Kong's movie was of these new movies and actually of the old ones. Uh, uh, Kong's movie is the the best of them. Skull Island is the best of them all. Um, so um, I just think Godzilla he, he doesn't have the movement. He doesn't. Have, yeah, he's bigger. He's got like, but you know, like like you know, Kong can move, and I see that in the trailer. So uh, I'm hoping for some great stuff. Um, this uh, what is it? It'll probably be uh, tonight at midnight for me. Um, waking up, Sam. She'll be happy to know that. No, I'll I'll probably watch it sometime tomorrow night. I was like, you do have to work tomorrow, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll just turn my camera off. Like, come on, that's what they all do. He's, he's got coffee. He's cool. He'll be, he'll be <laughs> that caffeine high is just going to ride till tomorrow. So much caffeine. Um, you know, the other, the last snippet I'll say or give about this film is, man, you know, Godzilla and Kong must weigh a lot, but those ships are really great at holding them up in the ocean. Oh yeah. <laughs> I did, was... one of them, did one of them try to get through the Suez? Or um... <laughs> <laughs> they actually yes! helped clear that. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, it's you know, it's you're in a weird mood, or that you're definitely a movie critic when you're sitting in a Godzilla versus Kong movie, and you're like, <laughs> standing on that ship, that's unrealistic. <laughs> that's that's right. No I one did. can really do an uppercut like that. Come on, right, right, right. <laughs> right. It is quite special. Uh, Sean, let's go to you. You have a few movies listed here, which is uh, very uh, unlike you. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I, I got greedy again. Um, I'll talk about them quickly. The main one I'll talk about, of course, is Nobody, the uh, Bob Odenkirk action movie, which um, I think was quite wonderful. Um, I think that it is um, – I mean, if it's going to – if action movies annoy you and those cliches annoy you, get ready to be annoyed, but also just get ready to kind of shut your brain off and have a lot of fun. Odenkirk is very good in this walking a fine line between someone who is like, just like retired, just like absolutely like, you know, down on himself to just starting to get this confidence back. But this is the one thing I'll say throughout a lot of the fights, he is getting his ass kicked. <laughs> that's not something you see in a lot of action movies. And that is something that's very important to me. Cause you know, John wick love the John wick movies. Absolutely love them. But you know, he's getting out of every single one of those situations ridiculously easily. But with him, he was just, he was really, and you know, he wouldn't like, you know, he, he, when he got back up, it, he was hurt. And so I really loved like what they did with uh, both his character and the movie in general. It is predictable. It is laid out very flat, but I mean, if you want fun, you're going to get fun without a doubt. Real quick. It, it's, I think there's something to be said for the fact that, it, um, studios seem to be pushing these fun, uh, crazy, predictable movies into theaters to get us back to the theaters here, uh, especially in the U.S. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you have Kong versus or Godzilla versus Kong, I mean, I said Kong versus Skull Island, like that would be a whole other show. Um, and you have Nobody, right, which is just like an out of this world, crazy, whatever. We're going to get Mortal Kombat in a few weeks, which is. Again, it's a video game uh, fight where they, you know what you're getting. 
uh, it's a very interesting approach, but I think one that's much needed to be a distraction from, you know, the cruel reality of our worlds. Yeah. And it's a way to like, for me, I'm having this debate of, do I watch it on HBO Max in the theater? And uh, sorry, Pete, you don't have this debate, but um, like, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I feel bad. I, oh, I, I genuinely meant so that as like I'm rubbing it in your face. Like, where do I watch it? What it's do cool. I do? It's all good. Um, but uh, so like, I, a part of me does just want to see this in the theater, even though there's a lot of many aspects of that that don't make sense, except for the fact that I want to see two monsters fight in a movie theater as opposed to in my living room. And so I and, you know, eventually Mortal Kombat, I want to see that. And nobody yeah. was only in theaters, so that made it easy. But that would have also been a tough one to see just in the living room. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. What about Seaspiracy? Was that one that you think you should have seen in theaters? No, I think that's good in the living room. Uh, so, <laughs> Sea was a uh, documentary that uh, this is the kind of documentary uh, I liked it. By the way, I thought it was a very good documentary. But I don't. I also don't like documentaries that yell at me. And this one yelled at me to stop eating seafood. And uh, you know, once again, everything they were saying was right. But you know, summer's coming, and I want some swordfish. But I, I hope that what this does is highlight a lot of the issues. And perhaps maybe, you know, there could be other solutions to these issues. I once again almost agree with the whole documentary. I just think that I would love to hear other reporting on this problem, even though this does seem like it's uh, quite a problem. And the last one I want to talk about, this is why I just put it in there very quickly, because this is a documentary short, and it's nominated for Best Documentary Short at the Oscars. It is called A Love Song for Latasha. It is on Netflix, um, and it is going to make you uh, cry your eyes out and also scream with anger. I don't know many other... Um, I don't know many other of the documentary shorts, so I don't know what it's going to look like in terms of uh, um, what will win. But this seems like with the year that's been going on, this needs to be the one that like you know could, should win. Um, I haven't seen the others. Um, I hope too soon, but you know Netflix, nineteen minutes. Everybody has the time. Uh, watch it immediately. Very interesting. I definitely yeah. want to check that out, Peter. What have you been watching down there? Well, without HBO Max, I've had to be going to the cinemas as much as I can. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to see nobody yet. I had a screening to go to, but that's been cancelled due to our recent lockdown. So I've been playing a bit of catch-up here in Queensland at the moment, and I watched a film that a lot of people have been talking about. I wasn't too familiar with it, and that's called Hunter Hunter, um, which is actually a 2020 release. It's coming out on DVD uh, early April for those that live in Australia. And this has got Devin Sauer in it. And Devin Sauer was the lead actor from Final Destination, Casper. Um, and he's done some unusual movies previously, like The Fanatic with John Travolta. But this, I got to give you credit for. This was brilliant. Um, I went in very blind. I recommend you do the same thing. Um, nothing is spelled out. You just need to sit and you just need to watch. And it's full of moments that are unpredictable and a jaw-dropping third and final act which I'm still processing and getting counselling on, uh, but in a good way. And out of all the films I've reviewed thus far in 2021, this one has received the highest rating. So I strongly recommend it. It is disturbing. It is brutal. It is a thriller. Um, and I loved every bit of it. And it surprised the hell out of me. So um, check that out. I don't know how you can watch it, but if you can, check it out. Um, I also watched a documentary which is coming out mid-April called Gunda, G-U-N-D-A. It could be called Gunda. Please forgive me. And this is a documentary that has no narration, no music. It is completely black and white, and it follows a pig and little piglets. It follows a chook with one leg, and it follows also a group of cows, 
and it was amazing. It is a beautiful, stunning documentary. Uh, I'm not going to go too much into it as to its meaning and its purpose, but I will say it's been um, produced by Joaquin Phoenix, who's obviously quite passionate about this type of topic and, um, you know, very unique and very touching, i got to say, as well. And it's not very often we just sit and watch animals do their thing. So this was a very nice film to basically force me to sit and watch and i found a lot of appreciation um in that um otherwise the this week's been mostly been about catch-up um i also watched an animation film called two by two overboard uh which is not really made for me but if you've got a family and you've got two kids or group of kids this is that film for them and perfect for the school holidays as well but that's it from me as far as what i've played a bit of catch-up on that's a great list. Uh, Sean Hunter Hunter is on Hulu over here in the States. Get on I just, it. Just found it. So I will likely be watching that tonight after Con- uh, Concrete Cowboy. Um, the But I'm really glad that you mentioned Joaquin Phoenix was a producer on that because I just yeah. Googled it. Uh, and amongst all the pigs, we have a picture of Joaquin <laughs> Phoenix just in the middle. And I was like, what is going on here? <laughs> The poor guy. It's even better that it's a colorized version. It's like, let's really have that stand out. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's right. Right. Yeah, else. <laughs> Absolutely crazy. Well, you talked to Peter about Gunda. Um, is Gunda nominated, Sean? Why do I feel like it is? It is not. Okay. No. Yeah, I don't know if it's un- under the window. It was not on the short list, I don't believe, either. Okay. That I had to check, though. Well, talk to us a little bit about your uh, weekly awards watch with Sean, which comes out every Monday on GuyAtTheMovies.com. What should we be paying attention to? So I, I took a little diversion um, this uh, this week. Uh, instead of uh, going over a certain category, uh, in a way I went over a category, but I went over um, a topic that's a little bit uh, you know tricky to handle, uh, mainly because it's difficult of how to pronounce it. Um, posthumous or posthumous, um, whichever one. I believe it's a potato-potato situation. Um, <laughs> but uh, this is uh, you know people who have our actors um, who have won their Oscar um, before like, – um, have won their Oscar after their death. Um, it has happened twice with Peter Finch in the 70s and Heath Ledger in 08 for uh, The Dark Knight and Peter Finch for Network. It is most likely going to happen again um, this year. So what I did is I sort of explored the, uh, explored the narrative of, um, you know, oh, he's just winning the Oscar because he died. Um, it's a disrespectful narrative in a way. It's a tough thing to say, but it's also something that like has a lot of bare truth in there. And so a lot, a lot of people will think that. Um, and so and it's tough to say that. Um, so I went through a lot of the uh, um, a lot of the posthumous awards and the majority of them, the actor did not win for this uh, for this reason or another. Sometimes it's because the role or the actor was not really that famous. Sometimes it was just, you know, maybe sometimes it was inexplicable, such as J- James Dean was nominated twice for Best Actor after his car accident um, in uh, two consecutive years. Did not win either year. And you would think a young talent, they would honor that. Um, I know that most people talk about, and I talk about this in the article, so I don't want to go too into it, but uh, most people talk about who cares. It should be the uh, perfor- it should be the performance over the performer. That gets very tricky when you really think about it. Like if you want to completely scrub, like, you know, and you want to do your own awards show and like, nominate your own five awards who would you want to pick when it comes to chadwick boseman being on that line not to mention like chadwick boseman's performance is insanely good and so is pretty much oscar worthy and so that's where things get just a little bit hectic for me and that's why i wanted to like explore this topic i think it's a very good topic to explore um it always is i think a conversation that people don't really have because 
you don't want to dive into the conversations mm-hmm. about, you know, the, the dead and um, their experiences on either on the sets or kind of in Heath Ledger's um, uh, case, a lot of his, I guess, drug usage and such was uh, linked to his portrayal of the Joker. And I'm sure there's other things going on, but that was the story at the time. So it was kind of that you don't want to touch that. But I think you did a really good job of touching it, um, touching on it here. Uh, Peter, is are you aware of or are you aware of is are the Oscars a big deal down there or any of our crazy awards? <laughs> Yeah, look, yes and no. I mean, for me personally, I I get more into the Oscars than what I do with anything else when it comes to films. Um, If I'm working, I'll actually submit a day off so I can sit at home and just enjoy the Oscars. I don't do football. I don't do sports. I don't take a day out for cricket here in Australia, but I will sit in my shorts as daggy (laughs) as possible and clap at the Oscars. Um, I make a big deal of it. I really do enjoy it. Um, I always get very fascinated by some of the things that occur because like a film, anything could happen. And um, no, I I really get a buzz from it. It's it's something I really do enjoy. Um, Whether or not the rest of the world here in Queensland or Australia gets into it, hard to say. But for those that love films, it's generally a big deal. But uh, I'm not up to date with all the news. And thankfully, Sean is. And that's why I tune in (laughs) week. That's great. (laughs) Yeah, Sean is really good at diving into that stuff. Uh, he is our – that's why you're the awards guy, right, Sean? He's the man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm going to um, start to, like, really get into it because this was, like, kind of a diversion of, like, a look into the past and everything. So uh, I think the uh, SAGs are coming up on uh, Sunday, so that one might be a little bit late. Um, and uh, I'll uh, be talking about how the SAG predictions are going to maybe help us figure out who's winning these uh, female award-winning Oscars. I, the, the, the female performance Oscars are, like, an absolute mess still. I have no idea. So this will at least put us on a path possibly. Then um, I have a lot of different ones, much like the uh, the posthumous article that I will probably do after the uh, after the award show ends. So it's like a retrospective, a look back. So I'll have a plan even when the Oscars end. Awesome, man with a plan, man with a plan. <laughs> um, that's I think what we're still trying to figure out in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. What is the plan here? Uh, Bucky and uh, Sam can't get on the same page here. Uh, so we're two weeks in. We have two episodes. Uh, what are your thoughts on this so far? Peter, let's start down with you. Look, uh, I'm really enjoying it so far, but I also treat it a little bit similar to my feelings with WandaVision where, you know, the first two episodes, I wasn't really jumping out of my seat, you know, telling everyone, you must watch the show. Oh, my goodness. But I can feel very similar to WandaVision. There's something brewing. There's something big building. And last episode was episode two. I really enjoyed the character development. There were some really tough topics introduced, such as why did he give up the shield? There's some really good chemistry happening, particularly during that interrogation scene. And I just love the chemistry and just some of the things that are bottling up starting to come out to the surface. These two men are dealing with something right now. And I really love the wrestles that are being displayed. So I think the last episode really has hooked me really nicely and really good character development. And naturally, this is my weekly, you know, every Friday night I'm watching the show. I'm yep. so hooked. But so far, I really like what they're doing. And I'm very excited to see what happens next. Absolutely enjoying it. I think their chemistry and their comedic timing is spot on. Um, Absolutely. It's, it's really kind of impressive to me. Sean, I know you weren't really looking forward to this one that much. Are you enjoying it thus far? Well, I, I I was sort of looking forward to calming down from like the consistent like eighteen thousand theories between every Wandavision episode. Um, <laughs> we we have found out that that's not the case, and they're still throwing theories at us. But um, 
after the first episode, I was re- I was really let down by this. I was I was terrified that this was not going to go the right way, and we know the obvious reasons why. Uh, Sam and Bucky were not together, and so that like made it a little bit of an issue because that a lot of the magic is with uh, those two. They really didn't say a lot about anything except like you know where we are after the blip, like how do we handle the blip, or how does um how does Bucky uh, get rid of his uh you know or deal with uh, his guilt, and those were not very compelling themes. We have now moved into the second episode. They're together, so it's a lot more fun, a lot more quips. Their chemistry is off the charts, and the issues explored are off the charts. Why did you give up the shield? It's pretty obvious that it is because he is black, I'm assuming, is what he's sort of saying, and he wasn't ready to be um, like the, uh, the next black Captain America. He doesn't outright say that. And I think that's sort of an amazing thing. And instead, it's brought through through several very painful scenes that um, he has to experience. And we get to see Anthony Mackie finally act and finally have fun in these Avengers movies. And he has fun. Um, I, 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 um, I like their little platform of, you know, it's almost like the first half of it is a great fun action sequence. And then, like, let's handle all the talky talky stuff. And it seems <laughs> like... I'm sort of like, I'm like, okay, yeah, rope me in with the action sequence and then compel me with some interesting, uh, you know, fascinations. Um, my one big concern, and I didn't realize this, there, there's four episodes left. How, like, that's not great. Like, let, they got to they gotta move through this a little bit quicker here. Um, they should have been apart for maybe like five minutes in the first episode. Fishing boat, leave, go, boom. Also, Stark should have taken care of the fishing boat. I don't, like, what, what's going on there? Like, come on, I, I'm doing too much. But, like, I just, like... <laughs> <laughs> He's on fire. I I um, agree with you. I totally agree with you. I mean, we're we only have four more episodes left. This is a series that is going to come and go very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but I do like the topics that they're addressing. I uh, said this was my initial reaction right after I watched it last week. The uh, I think this is the deepest and smartest that Marvel has been when it comes to societal issues. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very impressed with that second episode in the way that they tackle. Uh, Anthony Mackie's character's experience and even the way that Bucky interacts with them. Um, and of course with Bucky, we're diving into PTSD and I think we're going to get a little bit more of that with uh, Falcon here. And uh, I was just, I was very impressed. I think the writing is really spot on for me, um, but I really want to see where they're going with everything now. Uh, we, we don't have too much time left, uh, unfortunately, but it does seem like they're going to hit the ground running in the next episode, given the end of this past episode with the teaser. I think it's tricky because, you know, you, you have those four and uh, those four episodes and uh, the uh, flag smashers are a very complicated villain where I'm kind of like, no, they kind of make sense. Like so far, you know, they, they've been, they, they, they're so far guilty of, uh, you know, stealing vaccines for the poor and punching the new captain America. So I, I mean, <laughs> I don't know how, uh, how, how much of I have an issue with them yet. And that's kind of one of the scary things. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think that they're dumbing them down a little bit uh, from the comics. We've seen Marvel do that a lot to make it, you know, I think a lot of these characters are malleable for uh, for TV and for movies. So Marvel wants to make it work for them. I think what was most wild to me is we uh, had Don Sheetle pop up randomly. And I don't know, Sean, if you saw this, this was really crazy. Um, but you're talking about people looking at this and trying to figure out exactly what's happening. Don't do this. And here, here we Don't go. Did you see this? Son of a bitch. Uh, I did see this. I did see this. So, so there is an M 
on Don Cheadle's furrowed brow, which makes him uh, Mephisto or Man- Manifesto. Um, I, uh, yeah. Just to be clear, he was not in the last episode, but I saw that and was really funny. Um, <laughs> the uh, one thing I will say is I'm trying not to do that whole like get crazy with the internet rumors and stuff like that. And I really haven't been looking at them for this. WandaVision, I think, was more of a loopy series that allowed you to get a little crazy. You're like, who knows what they're going to do? Um, with this, though, I... <laughs> This is the one area I keep going into. Uh, they're, they're teasing mutants a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, like, I mean, they're not coming right out and saying mutants, but they're they're super powered individuals. Um, and I'm sure you know we're getting different explanations for why, but I think that this might be the the tease for what's to, to come down the road uh, mm-hmm. because we we do know that these shows are going to fold into the MCU much more. You agree with that, Peter? Yeah, look, I do. I think, you know, I agree with you what you said about WandaVision because WandaVision was really something that anything could happen. Here, there's definitely a bit more of a straight line. Um, you know, as for the M on Don Cheadle's face, I mean, look, you could turn it upside down, crush it, and it spells Agatha. I mean, people just need to just chill with the theories, man. The theories are just a Agatha bit, all along. It was all Agatha. Agatha's Captain America. I mean, let's face it. Um, you know, the theories are a bit wild. And I think people, with this one, you can just calm down a little bit. You know, you can have some theories, but, you know, this is definitely a film, a series, sorry, that you can enjoy a lot more um the chemistry is what impresses me more than anything um because i thought originally that can these two guys actually pull off their own tv series and the trailer didn't sell it for me so now that i've seen episode two i'm like okay they're doing a great job and i do agree with you that they keep teasing a mutant vibe universe combination something i agree with you there as well I'm ready for it. I, the most surprising to me, though, was that the way they brought them together in the second episode was through identifying that both of their mothers were named Martha. I was very surprised by that. Um, and that's the joke that, like, I... <laughs> you going to bring us for the dark world again? Come on. <laughs> it's the same thing with Kong and Godzilla. They both had mothers named Martha as well. <laughs> someone, someone the other day, though, uh, in the theater said, save Mothra. <laughs> Mothra's... I let, see, there we go. That was that pretty sense. funny. That was pretty funny. Uh, before we move on from Falcon and Winter Soldier, how do we feel about U.S. Agent Captain uh, Captain America, John Walker? Um, I I kind of I like the character to be honest. I think it's brilliant. Um, I think this is uh, you know it's someone who is you know who knows what's going to happen in four episodes, but right now is not the bad guy. Is not really that bad of a guy. Definitely a like he's not even too full of himself, but he's like, I'm gonna do things my way instead. It's kind of like, you know, this is a bad example now, but it's what it used to be. When a new president comes in, it's like, oh, they're doing something different, but they're still like the same kind of thing. And you know, he's you know, he he's a good looking guy, but uh, you know, he's not as good looking as Chris Evans, neither is anyone. But it's just <laughs> sort of like he just sort of came in there and you know, it 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 just fits perfectly because then at the very end, he's like, stay out of my way. And I was like, yeah, that, that that's Chris Evans would say that if like a bunch of rogue yeah. people were saying that, like, but from our perspective, we kind of hate the guy and you know, we, you can't blame us for doing that, but you can't blame him either. Peter, how about you? Yeah, look, when you first are introduced to the new Captain America, because he's not Chris Evans, you just think straight away, oh, this dude got to go. This guy got to die. Get him out. But, you know, again, character development. We have a great backstory. We have a reason to care for this character. And we can appreciate his approach, his his decision-making. I'm just waiting for him to say, I can do this all day. Uh, you know, but I, I, it's actually now a character that I'm happy for him to stick around. And I kind of hope he hangs around a lot longer than what I originally thought. And, again, that's just great storytelling great chemistry with the characters and great 
character development. So I, I'm very impressed with him so far. I do like him. Yeah. So apparently Wyatt Russell, who plays John Walker, uh, was his original audition was way back when for Captain America, uh, which is kind of interesting. Wow. Um, yeah. Very so interesting. It's, it's kind of neat that they like maybe went back uh, back to the well and were like, hey, we got this guy. Went to the file. Um, but <laughs> But I will say, and this is going to be really rude, but I'm going to say it anyway. He's a very punchable face. Um, mm. like he just he has that face where I'm like, mm, there's something wrong with him. Um, <laughs> it's real mean. But I think, I think, I he's, think... <laughs> he's perfect casting is my, my opinion on this. They, they may have told him that. Been like, listen. Because like, like, he's working that punchable face. You're right. He really does have Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Or just say to him, like, you're replacing Steve Rogers, so you're going to be hated by most of the characters and probably by the audience. Work with that. Like, start working yeah. with that. I think he's leaning into it. Hey, and that's what you have to do in these movies, especially when you're coming into a series after, what, 24 movies? Um, mm. It's I can't imagine the pressure that's on you. Probably, maybe actually flipping that over, maybe there's not so much pressure because it's just like, you know, <laughs> like just do what you're going to do. You know you're not going to measure up, so just have some fun. Right. That's right. right. Just run with it. <laughs> All right. So let's jump into our news roundup. Um, and, you know, I was wondering, Peter and I were talking a little bit before this about the Suicide Squad trailer, and that's mm-hmm. what I want to bring up right now. Um, and I was going to pivot and say, do we think that there's pressure on James Gunn to deliver a good Suicide Squad movie? But I really actually don't think there's pressure because he's just a good director and handles kooky characters really well. Um, so Sean, what was your, what were your thoughts on this suicide squad trailer? I remember the other day I texted you and just said, wow. And, or something. And you were like, Oh yeah, I got to watch it. (laughs) I, I I don't know. I mean, it sounds great. Uh, this has James Gunn's, uh, fingerprints all over it. Um, it's got a, a CGI character that everyone is already loving and memeing much like Groot. Um, it's got, you know, the good old fashioned music from it. Uh, you know, the song, I don't know anything about music. So the, the dirty work song, which just really works well for this. Um, Viola Davis, uh, sometimes fluctuates from like happy to be there to, I don't want to be in any part of this movie, which is kind of her character. So cool. Um, I, I don't know. This is this looks like it's fun. It looks like it's also a lot. So I'll see how this goes. But I'm with you guys. There's no pressure on him. He's James Gunn, and he's you know he's not going to really do what Ayers did. Probably not. So um, he's 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 going to run with this. He's going to have some fun. Peter, how about you? Yeah. Look, as again, we talked about this before the podcast. You know, I'm thinking back to the previous trailer of Suicide Squad, and that was a really good trailer. It had the Queen music. We were very excited. And then I saw that film in cinemas and I just wanted to leave and I just wanted to rock myself to sleep. Um, It is actually one of my least favorite DC films, but this new trailer gives me hope. Um, I think James Gunn is all over it. He's got the great cast. He's got the great tunes. You know, we're getting very similar Guardians of the Galaxy vibe where we're going to have a number of unique characters. Um, Watching the trailer, I was very excited to see Margot Robbie. I just think she's amazing. I could watch her just... Do Harley Quinn forever. I just think she's so good at it. Um, But I also think that in the trailer, it does reveal a lot in regards to locations and action sequences, not so much the characters. You know, we saw Nathan Fillion for like one second. We heard Sylvester Stallone's voice saying, hand, once. That's about (laughs) it. So there's a lot of things that are still kept secret. And I like that about the way James Gunn has done the trailer. Um, I think uh, Idris Elba is also really fun. And I think he feels very confident um, in this role as well. So, you know, the bottom line is I love this trailer. I also love the last one. So I guess my guard is a little up. I'm a bit concerned. Yeah. But um, 
you know, with James Gunn being attached to it, I've got a lot more faith that we're going to get an absolute wild and fun film. Uh, but I guess I'll have a better idea once I see trailer number two in due time. So I totally agree with all that. And actually going back to um, uh, Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn, I do think she was kind of born to play this role. Like she's just, there is something delightful about her. And I'm going to play a clip in a second because the one <laughs> clip just makes me laugh so much. Um, uh, but the the other piece is Viola Davis was brought up. And I, I think you can see in this film that she is more confident in the character and maybe the direction. She strikes me as a no-nonsense actor that's, anytime she's in a production or something where like she, she's not that one that just wants to get the paycheck. She wants to do the best that she can do. And her character was kind of railroaded in the last suicide squad as was the entire suicide squad. <laughs> um, so I do, I'm very interested to see where they go with that. The other person we don't know anything about in this movie is Taika Waititi's involvement. Um, mm. He is involved in the movie somehow. People have theorized that he was going to be King shark. That's not actually reality. That's Sylvester Stallone. Uh, and then someone had asked him, asked James Gunn on Twitter if uh, Taika was going to be the voice of, um, oh, geez, star, the starfish at the end. I forget the actual name of it. Starro, I think is the name. Um, <laughs> there you go. Uh, the voice of Starro. And he said no. So there's, there's still a lot mm. of play here, which I think is fun. But I do want to share this clip. Uh, this is from the beginning of the Suicide Squad trailer. Uh, when they are going to rescue Harley Quinn. So just the beginning. Here we go. What are you guys doing? What? You. We're, we're here to save you. You were going to save me? It was a really good plan, too. Well, I can go back inside and you can still do it. That's patching up. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Harley Quinn. Blood sport. I love really? that. I can go back inside. <laughs> It's so it's so good. She just she's just a hundred percent all in for this character. And like I said, I could watch her do this character forever. I just think she's just born to play it. She lives it. She breathes it. I can't fault her performance. I just think she's great. She's such a natural in this. Oh, and you know, we, yeah. when you see the cartoons of uh, Harley Quinn or in the comics of Harley Quinn, you see the sinister, but you see the silliness, and that balance is almost impossible to do. To like, you know, oh, I mean, I guess it is a caricature, but, you know, to like go into a character, she sells it enough that it's not that. It's weird how like she's a realistic Harley Quinn. That doesn't make any sense to say, but that's what it seems like it met so many times. Yeah. And it seems like she may be a little more untethered in this one. I mean, there's some other mm -hmm. kooky lines that she has later on <laughs> that are pretty funny. Um, and she definitely was more untethered in Birds of Prey, but I do think that there may be some inspiration drawn from the Harley Quinn animated series that's out. Mm. Um, there's, I think that really opens the door for DC to allow some more craziness. Uh, and James Gunn loves craziness. So I'm sure that he was just pushing that. It's as definitely, possible. it's, it's 100% definitely welcomed for James Gunn to go a little bit more crazy, a little bit more wild, you know, let's really get into it. I mean, he's got all these characters, I think just unleash them and go mental on the big screen. I'm down for it. I can't wait. I'm very yeah, excited for can't that. Wait. Um, so let's switch gears here. Um, talking about really good performances and things that are going very well uh, and life in general. Um, I don't know if you know this, Peter, but our politics are um, really perfection over here in the States. Um, <laughs> we're doing great. <laughs> we're doing great. Keep it up, guys. Doing great. Um, so not to get too much into the politics side of it, but we do want to just bring up something that's happening between Hollywood and the state of Georgia. Uh, for those that don't know, Georgia just passed a pretty uh, restrictive voting rights law um, that is getting a lot of criticism from all around the country 
and the world. Um, what has started happening since is that there has been recognition that Hollywood actually invests a lot of money into the state and, and it's in the billions of dollars. Um, Marvel actually films some of its projects down there as well. Yep. Right now we have James Mangold, uh, the director of Ford v. Ferrari, uh, and I believe is he still attached Logan. to in Indiana Jones 5? And yes, Logan. Oh, Indiana Jones 5 as well, yes. Yeah. Um, and then Mark Hamill have both said that they want to boycott the state um, in the wake of the new voting restrictions. Tyler Perry came out today um, and had a lot to say about it as well and is of the similar um, opinion that they should do something along the lines of uh, a, a boycott of some sort. This isn't anything new for the United States. Um, I mentioned before uh, we got on here that in the past there were some trans uh, restricted trans people bills, trans person bills um, that were um, really, in my opinion, really disgusting. But the um, sports industry and especially the NCAA was really pushed uh, to make a statement and to uh, stand up for the rights of for for individual rights. So the question here is, because this has been a debate on a lot of cinephile channels and a lot of cinephile Instagrams and all over Twitter, is whether or not Hollywood uh, and actors uh, and these and individuals involved in fields outside of politics should flex their muscles this way uh, and should get involved and call for boycotts and that type of thing. Sean, let's start with you. Um, and then, Peter, jump in wherever you feel comfortable with that. I'd say... When it comes down to this, um, they, directors and actors and writers and those that make movies are an influence on the public. They just flat out are. You could be telling a story like Godzilla versus Kong and you're still saying something. It's monsters are fighting, but you're still saying something. So I look at all of this stuff and I say there is there are messages that are brought out there. Um I once talked about how uh, we did a list of, in another podcast. I did a list of political movies and all of a sudden we realized, Oh my God, almost every movie is a political movie because it is saying something. It has a message. So, you know, we could argue to stick to politics or stick to movie making that, that, that stuff doesn't fly. So if they're saying this message, boycotting a state that is putting down some pretty, very, pretty bad voter laws. Um, you know, we could we we could go over the novel if we want to, but let's not do that. But uh, you know, check them out. They're not great. Um, they're not great. And so to uh, send that message is solid. Now, it doesn't just send a message because obviously Georgia starts to lose money. Um, and you know, it's funny that you mentioned Tyler Perry in there because us like stuffy cinephiles will scoff at the name Tyler Perry because I don't know how many movies of yours we have all collectively seen, but oh my, <laughs> <laughs> very nice. Um, my goodness, uh, but uh, he makes so much money, and uh, he recently uh, um, was able to shelter a bunch of royals. So you know, he he has a lot of money. He has a lot of pull in the industry, um, and. Eventually, if this looks like good PR, they'll they'll move and they'll move somewhere else to film this stuff. And Atlanta has been you said like it's been a frequent place, some Marvel stuff. I mean, I would argue that most stuff is filmed in Atlanta now. And so if they start to pack up and go, um, I mean, I don't think the uh, Gina Carano, John Voight movie would leave. But um, <laughs> instead of that one, like um, 
<laughs> like the majority of movies would leave. They'd start to lose money. And unfortunately, morals should be what matter. Um, you know, people being able to vote should be what matter. But it's going to come down to money in the end. It's going to come down to money and maybe even public perception. But even that's up for sale sometimes. Peter, before jumping to you, I just also want to build on that Tyler Perry piece. You know, the one thing I keep thinking about on the flip side of this is that there are uh, there's a lot of money invested in the state, uh, which benefits the people. And I think it was uh, Martin Luther King Jr.'s granddaughter, maybe, um, but a family member who basically said boycotting is not the way to go because it's going to hurt the middle class people um, and so on and so forth. So I do think that a straight boycott is not something that's always the most beneficial, but the threat of it, I think, may be enough to get some things moving. Peter, your thoughts? Yeah, look, I don't have a lot of thoughts on this, only because it is more related to politics. And I know I am aware that a lot of films are done in Georgia as well. But, you know, the funny thing is, obviously, actors and directors, they are very powerful with their speech. They've got millions and millions of followers on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. And if they say, hey, this is ridiculous, jump off a cliff. I'm sorry to say it, but a lot of followers would probably just jump off a cliff with them. Um, so, you know, they've got very, very powerful opinions. I don't want to sound preachy, but, you know, when a director or an actor, whoever it might be, voices an opinion, you know, I just want to encourage people that are listening. You don't have to run with it. You can check your own heart and you can check your own beliefs first. You don't have to follow your favorite director and actor. So I guess I got more of an encouragement. I don't want to sound preachy. I do apologize. But, you know, that's really what it comes down to is where the individual stands, not so much Mark Hamill, who I've loved and cherished through Star Wars years over and over again. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, they too have their own beliefs and they too have the power to make a stand. And if they've got the power to move the films, then they do as well. But, you know, always listen to your politicians, always listen to those who are more experienced, Um not the guy that's stuck behind the camera. So that's my two cents worth, but a very tricky topic for me only because I'm not invested so much in that area. Um, but that's my two cents worth. And I hope that makes sense. And that was cool. It definitely does. This is a very tough topic, especially for yeah. the star Wars community, because with, you know, Mark Hamill was, they loved him, but they also hated the last Jedi. So now they're all against Georgia and <laughs> um, bad joke. Moving on. <laughs> I was, I was going to say, Mark Hamill, actually, just to look at that for a second, I mean, he is one, like, it's it's not surprising to see him at the lead of this because he has been, over the past four years, extremely political. And, you know, Peter, just to look at that, um, the comments that he gets when he does something that, you know, he posts something that's anti-Trump, the majority of them are, uh, you know, well, let's just face it, fans of The Last Jedi or something. Like they, they are some pretty, like, rough comments and stuff. So yeah. it, it's funny that people do revolt against uh, celebrity when they start to go down politics. And mm -hmm. uh, and so hopefully most people, like you said, are, you know, forming their own opinions, forming their own beliefs. They're not just, you know, ducking behind mm -hmm. a celebrity. I think most people are just more outraged when a celebrity speaks out. They're just like, come on, make a movie. And so they don't even want to yeah. listen to them anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I, look, I completely understand that. But again, they, they too are allowed an opinion. And if they've got the more followers, then that's that's just unfortunate. But we are we are entitled to an opinion, and so are they. They're no different. Um, that's, that's the way the cookie crumbles. Well said, well said. Um, a really strange opinion that has been uh, impacting GuyAtTheMovies.com is that apparently people are really pumped for this Apple Studios story with the greatest beer run ever. Um so basically, Green Book director Peter Farley is developing an adaptation of the book, The Greatest Beer Run Ever, which was a um, memoir about a 26-year-old in New York City who is out drinking beer, 
essentially realizes that his friends who are fighting in Vietnam don't have uh, beer <laughs> and actually goes on a journey to take it to them. Um, that's pretty much all I know about it. Zach Efron's in talks to star. Russell Crowe is poised to star. Bill Murray's also rumored to be in this. Um, Peter, is this something that is interesting to you? Do you know anything about this memoir? And why is it the hottest story on GuyTheMovies.com? Makes I, no sense. I know, I know nothing about this story, but based on that quick spill you just given, I want to know a little bit more about the story. <laughs> it's a fascinating story. And, you know, I, I think the cast is really cool. I mean, let's face it. Look, let's break it down. You talked about who the director is. You said it's about beer, right, which everyone loves. Um, you talked about who the cast is, Zac Efron, Russell Crowe. You know, it's an interesting cast. It's a very fascinating story and look i love the green book i i gave the green book a whopping 10 out of 10 and i don't give that out very lightly so you know having bill murray in this film as well that's just the perfect bill murray kind of movie to me uh i am very curious to see this film and i'm not familiar about the story but it's something different it's something we haven't seen before in cinema and anything that's new and different i'm down i want to see it show me it and um I, i'm very curious yeah absolutely 100 percent Sean, I'm a little confused by the casting here because if we're talking about <laughs> Vietnam, I'm assuming that the 26-year-old will probably be played by Zac Efron. So is like Bill Murray or Russell Crowe going to be like old Zac Efron? <laughs> well, no, no, no. Those are going to be his friends in Vietnam and uh, they're just in Five Bloods makeup, which is none. <laughs> That's right. <And> so they're <laughs> they're de-aging. <laughs> and so they're just going to be a lot older or it just takes him 70 years to get there. Um, I... So I don't know with this, th this story, I hope it's just a um, like Peter Farley. hope he does something very fun, very nice with it. Um, mm -hmm. Peter, I'm sorry, buddy. I uh, was not a fan of Green Book. <laughs> I knew that was really? <laughs> so, I'm, I'm, Yeah, like I think that uh, that movie, it had its charm, no doubt. It had its yeah. charm. But uh, I feel like it did a very poor job at handling some of the cultural sensitivity um, and we could get in there forever with the specifics, but I just think it lacked in some of the, uh, you know, th th their glorification of solving racism through a very small mm -hmm. lens and putting the, uh, you know, the white character at the front of it and making the racist try to be a better person. Um, and he's only a better person for this one guy. I, I don't want to ruin Green before you, though. You, 10 out of 10. Like, I, I think a lot of people loved it, so I'm not even – like, maybe I'm wrong. But um, my, my big thing with this is I'm worried that, like, Peter Farley is trying to do these, like, you know, charming movies with this, like, cultural sensitivity mm -hmm. vacuum in them. And I don't know if this is going to be – try to be seriousness. Like, like, I don't know if on his beer run he helps, like, you know, stop Vietnam by accident or something. And um, I th – that's, like, my one issue with this. My other issue with this is uh, this is uh, Apple TV, Apple Studios, right? Yeah, no one's going to find out about this movie. No one's gonna, oh, like, yeah, well, that's a good they, point too. They do not promote their movies. No. The reason I, I, brought I, it I up, agree. The reason I brought it up at all is because on my website it was about – I'm trying to think – like five times higher in views uh, right off the bat. And I'm like, what is going on yeah. here? I haven't even checked it recently, but I'm like, what is it about this story? I, I wasn't aware of any of these details out of the entire run sheet for today. That's one where I'm like, oh my goodness, I have to research. I don't know anything about this. What? You know, and um, you are right. Apple do a poor job um, at marketing. And I guess we probably need to see more in depth, maybe a trailer as to what this film is. You know, will Zac Efron be a youngster? And then Russell Crowe, we see him as an adult, same character as Bill Murray could happen. And I, I agree with you. And, um, but no, look, I, I, it's unfortunate you didn't enjoy 
um, Green Book. I don't know how this works. I hope we're still friends. I hope you don't unfollow <laughs> me on Instagram. Um, you know, if I, I had, hope... <laughs> if I had to hate all the people that didn't like Green Book, I'd be in trouble, and I'd have to <laughs> watching the Oscars. <laughs> but no, this is good. I, look, I welcome opinions. I love it. Bring it on. I right bring on. it on. Love it's it. the best part of doing what we do in terms of the Absolutely. community is that everyone Absolutely. approaches different movies different times. My favorite part of this podcast is when Sean and I disagree. Um, I do love that as well. <laughs> it's the highlight of the podcast. I'm like, oh, it's getting good now. So moving on, though, will Pierce Brosnan be the highlight of the Black Adam movie? Because people are very pumped about his casting as Dr. Fate, which came uh, was announced right after our podcast wrapped <laughs> last week, of course, as, as will happen. Uh, and then uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson promoted the release date of Black Adam in Times Square for some odd reason was like, I'm going to spend a lot of money on the fourth release date announcement. Um, and we found out that it's coming out July 29th, 2022. Uh, so a little over a year, well, a little bit more over a year, but um, Sean Pierce Brosnan, will he sing like he did in Mamma Mia? That would make him quite the villain. Um, I, uh, boy, I don't know with this one. I mean, I, I, I've heard everyone loves it. So I'm, I'm in, uh, I'm sorry. Wait, uh, let, let me roll that back for a second. Pierce Brosnan being the villain in this as sinister and having fun, I'm in. I, I'm, I'm mad about that announcement because I think there were five people in Times Square at that time <laughs> due to COVID. So it's like, it's like <laughs> look at this. <laughs> but to be clear, uh, you're, you're our resident non-comic book geek. Um, Dr. Fate is not a villain. God damn it. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know that either. I had no idea. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you, Peter. I, you know, <laughs> maybe Green Book's not that bad. Okay. Um, I... <laughs> No, I um I I truly thought he was the villain in this. Is he not he really isn't? Dr. Fate um, is part of the team. Oh, that's fun. Wow. Okay. So he will be uh very interesting in his non-villainous role and uh not sinister, but still having a lot of fun. Because remember the villain was announced as um oh gosh, I'm gonna forget the actual uh character or actor that was cast for it, but I'll get there. What are your thoughts on this, Peter, with uh Pierce Brosnan? I like Pierce Brosnan. I think Pierce Brosnan is really talented. I, I do ex- I do accept that he has brought out some films that have gone straight to DVD that are very forgettable, sweep it under the rug. But the guy got some charisma and charm. Am I allowed to use the term? He's a bit of a silver fox in the current <laughs> state of his acting career. Um, he's also done some fun films, and he has done some good films, like Foreigner with Jackie Chan. I thought he was great in that. And he was Will Ferrell's father in Eurovision. You know, oh let's gosh, not forget. About that. Yeah, let's not forget. Yeah, yeah, ding dongs, right? So <laughs> he he has got he has got a fun resume at the moment, and you know, if he wants to pursue something in superheroes, um, you know, when I heard this casting, I just thought, yeah, Pierce Brosnan could do whatever he wants. I think I think he could embrace a bit of fun. I just think he would, you know, the man's just great. I think he could have a bit of a comeback also as well. Um, he could be the next Sean Connery. You, you just don't know with this guy. You're, you're um, he's, he's, yeah, so I, I'm down. I'm in. Uh, you just missed this, Sean. Uh, Peter brought up the fact that, uh, or he reminded me, I should say, that Pierce Brosnan was the father in Eurovision for the whole ya ya ding dong thing. <laughs> <laughs> an embarrassment, oh, you're such an embarrassment with a song, you know. So, I think, I think he could pull it off. I think if he can do that, I mean, I'm down. Absolutely, uh, future great. Academy Award winner Eurovision, fingers crossed. Which is upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably like, which one do we choose? 
Um, the villain, who's believed to be the villain in this, is Marwan Kenzari. He played uh, Jafar in the live-action Aladdin, as well as... Uh, yes, that's Air. right. Yeah. I do Completely. remember now. The casting for Black Adam has slowly trickled out over the past decade, <laughs> it seems like. Uh, they've been making like wanting to make this movie forever, so let's hope that this uh, release date actually sticks since they spent money on Times Square for five minutes. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. More people watch on Instagram than on Times Square. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. so true. That's so 100% true. So Amy Poehler is teaming up with Netflix again in our next story, and uh, she is just coming off of the film Moxie, where she directed. This is uh, going to be an animated film titled Steps that's said to be a spin on the classic tale of Cinderella, but this is going to follow its two stepsisters who obviously are not chosen by the prince, if you know the Cinderella story. Uh, they are said to embark on an epic journey and come to realize that their fairy tales may look different than they ever thought. Um, the stepsisters, the other angle in this is the stepsisters are going to be Asian immigrants to the fairy tale land, and they have to deal with the pressures of living in, I'm assuming, the royal palace or whatever it may be. Um, and it is going to be directed by, excuse me, a newcomer, uh, Alice Zhu, I believe is how you pronounce the name, um, who is also uh, of Asian descent, and she's very excited to tell an animated story in this vein. I usually hate animated twists on old stories because I feel like we have a million of them. But I'm actually, the, I'm growing very fond of this idea because I think that something good could come out of it and I think it could be a good conversation. Uh, Peter, what are your thoughts on this one? 50-50. 50 50 on this one because I think there's a bit of a trend happening on a couple of things. Firstly, Cinderella is getting a little bit fatigued we've had the recent live action film you know we've, we seem to have a lot and that film didn't do too well if i remember correctly I always but the other thing we, yeah well the other thing we're getting too is we're getting movies that are based on villains or the naughty characters if you will you know maleficent cruella there's a bit of a trend happening so i can see the idea that someone's gone well hang on no one's ever talked about the two stepsisters you know and, and all of this sort of hoopla so i'm kind of curious i'm kind of invested you know i'd love to see a new animation based on this fairy tale but a different side of it i kind of welcome that but then i'm kind of like ah, cinderella again and you know, there's a little bit of, mm, but I'm I'm not shut off completely. I'm a little bit, I'm concerned, a little curious. Um, you know, we'll see another Disney film coming out. We'll probably have Jafar the film coming out at some point as well. You know, there's a bit of a trend happening with Disney that. where we're focusing, <laughs> we're focusing on the villains, and um, you know, I I can see where this idea has come about. Absolutely. So yeah, fifty fifty. Um, I think it's got some potential to do something different and creative. Absolutely. I want a Scar prequel film. Yes. Live action. With Jeremy Irons. With Jeremy Irons. <laughs> Sold. Uh, Sean, Amy Poehler behind it. I assume there's going to be a good amount of comedy in this. Um, that's kind of typecasting for the type of projects that she does. But um, what do you what do you make of this announcement? Well, I would argue the uh, comedy, yeah, will come from uh, Amy Poehler, who, you know, is basically producing. So, you know, that could mean a million different things, overseeing in some other way, creating some of the stuff, possibly with the situations. Um, but I think the comedy is coming from uh, Ricky Lindholm and uh, Kate Micucci uh, writing this thing, uh, known for, uh, I believe it's called Garfunkel and Oates, and for a song that you may hear on a TikTok trend that, you know, hey, we're allowed to swear here, but I am not repeating that one. Um, but it's, um, I'll tell you off offline. <laughs> but... It's um, 
Uh, those two are hysterical. They're very funny. They're rising high in the ranks in comedy in general. Um, and um, it really does seem like they will make this into an interesting twist. This is true. The, vi the villain fatigue is a little bit much um, and it's happening more and more and more. But with these two, they're not really straight up the villain. And so there we're, we're working with a side door here. Um, and part of me says that that's going to be interesting. You're putting a different twist on it, having them be immigrants, which, you know, that, that does seem like almost like an entourage sketch. It's like, okay, also have them be immigrants and see what happens with that. It does seem like they're throwing a lot in there, but you could also tell a great story there. Um, so I'm absolutely interested and absolutely uh, into it. And by the way, just like team Netflix and Amy Poehler teaming up again, more people should watch Moxie. Um, I truly enjoyed Moxie. It had its flaws. Uh, Polar was not really that great behind the camera, unfortunately. Um, I wish she could have been a little bit better. Um, there was a couple of editing that, <laughs> choices that were a little rough. But in general, Moxie was a very great movie with a lot of like young talent that you know I hope is all just very like, explored more, like or shown more. Yeah. Very very nice. Very very nice. Have either of you seen Sputnik? Yes. Okay. Yes. I did not watch this. It's actually been on my Hulu watch list for a while. Um, I'm I'm, I'm going to assume, by the way, you both just said yes that you weren't fans of them of it. No, I just know the story coming up. <laughs> <laughs> Peter, did you like uh, Sputnik? I will answer this question after this other question. Sean, did you like Sputnik? And then I'll give my answer. I like Sputnik. Uh oh. Oh, I loved it too. Oh, thank God. Oh, hey, look, look at us. Do we, we just become friends? Um, look, it's actually funny because people pronounce it differently in Australia. They say Spudnik, and then apparently it's supposed to be pronounced Sputnik. Sputnik. So, I mean, whatever, right? Um, in my top 10 last year, Spudnik slash Sputnik was number seven. Um, I really loved it. I, I loved how different it was. I loved the sci-fi aspect. I love the design and the creepiness of the alien creature. And it is a film that I really did recommend to a lot of people that to this day, I reckon aren't really familiar about it. And um, here in Australia, it had a very, very limited release in cinemas and not every cinema got it. And then in Australia, it went straight to digital. So there is no DVD, there is no Blu-ray, there is no 4K, which I'm, I kind of gutted because I want it amongst this huge collection you see behind me. And so when I hear about a possible remake coming out, I can see why they're doing it because A, it's a great film, it's a great story, and B, there's potential to do some great things with it, expand on it maybe, and then C, a lot of people aren't familiar with it. So if they re-release this film with the same title in cinemas, it will be new to a large majority of movie lovers out there. But I really loved the original film, I thought it was a good time, no doubt about it. And that's the story that we're uh, playing with here: is that Sputnik, 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 whatever. Um, <laughs> you will, you will come to find, Peter, that I I'm from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, in the U.S. Yes, uh, and we pronounce everything wrong. Uh, oh, like I I think that I'm a little better off than some of like my family members. My mother says we'll go at the a restaurant. And she says, "Can I get a glass of water?" And I'm like, "Water? <laughs> what do you mean water? They don't have water. They have water." Um, so there's a number of things there. It's that, uh, that, it. that accent that you don't realize you have, right? Um, Absolutely. But what we're getting is a remake of the Russian sci-fi horror film that was released last year. Uh, this is going to be produced by Matt Reeves and Village Roadshow Pictures. Uh, this will be an English language remake. Uh, the film was set in the 1980s Cold War era Soviet Union 
uh, and follows a scientist who is recruited to assess a surviving cosmonaut who returns with something living inside of him. Mm. Um, my main reason for adding this is, number one, I don't know much about the story, but I'm really excited to see it. Uh, shall I ever uh, find time to watch it? Um, and the the other reason is it just strikes me as so fascinating that we're already getting a remake of a movie that came out last year. Mm. Sean, thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, like, Sputnik was uh, something that, like, I, I saw and was just, like, sort of immediately drawn to and immediately drawn to that story and immediately drawn to um, that, like, world, even. And so if I was someone that made movies, I'd be like, no one's watching this movie. It's a foreign film, so no one, no one in America is watching this movie. I can get something with this. I can make something with this. I hope that it's uh, for better uh, intentions than just cash. And I hope that, uh, look, knowing Matt Reeves, he knows how to make intimate sci-fi and he knows how to make it larger. And this is intimate sci-fi. This is, uh, you know, basically just one monster, um, kind of wreaking havoc, very alien, like obviously very different from alien, but still like the scope of alien. Um, and I really love sort of the, uh, the, the idea of maybe exploring an Americanized version of this. Maybe it'll still take place in Russia, by the way. I have no idea. But um, I, I I sort of love it. I'm always on the fence. And Peter has a more healthy attitude about this. Um, and I liked his attitude about it, where he said, more people will see this story. And that's that's where I think 50, that's the 50% of me that's like, okay, yes, remake this. But then the other 50% of me is like, it's just the original is always going to be better. And then I'm going to be one of those assholes, <laughs> but it's, but it's tricky. Cause I look at it. I look at, let the right one in. I look at force majeure. Um, let mm. the right one in became, let me in force majeure became downhill. And um, you know, downhill wasn't that great fun little comedy. Um, let me in. I heard was fairly good, uh, but let the right one. in is like, uh, Oh, I'm going to use the M word, a masterpiece. Um, and I, I think that when you do this so quickly, we're also talking, I talked about, I probably said this, this exact same monologue with train to Busan where, um, you know, they're remaking that again. And I said, well, the magic of train to Busan, you know, some Hollywood producer is like zombies on a train buy it. Um, but like, it's, it's how it's made. It's how it's presented. It's the, you know, the high octane action. Um, and that, I think that's going to be the same with Sputnik, but, you know, I'm still on your side with it when I say, let, let's have more people see this story. Let's see what another filmmaker can do with it. Um, I wonder who they're going to put behind the camera. That's what I really want to see. I mean, I'd love to see Matt Reeves behind the camera, but it seems like he yeah. just wants to produce. I'm also curious as to who they're going to get to play the lead astronaut. I mean, are they going to get yeah. The Rock or Mark Wahlberg? I mean, they gotta they got to get something that's a little bit more dramatic. But I just hope they don't go for their typical type action superstar you know i hope they get someone that's going to really pull this role off because it's really critical that's the key to, to make this film work but uh, joe it comes highly recommended man check this film out you're giving me a lot to watch on hulu these days uh, <laughs> <laughs> hunter hunter and now sputnik um i had i have been really interested in seeing this i definitely want to check it out um so i do need to get around to it i am a little i don't know i feel like you need to give movies time to breathe Mm-hmm. Um, and with Sputnik, especially just coming out last year, um, and then Hulu, I think it went on the Hulu late last year, I want to say in the States, because I do remember seeing it, um, seeing it on there. Um, I don't know. I just feel like it needs a little more time to breathe. Granted, by the time the movie actually comes out, it will be yeah. another year or two down the road. 
Um, so that makes a little bit more sense. But I, I too am interested to see who is behind the camera. Hopefully not Amy Poehler, according to Sean's thoughts on Moxie. Maybe she'll be a better director soon. Maybe it was growing pains. I feel bad. You know, Amy Poehler <laughs> listens. Maybe I'm sorry, Amy. Yeah. Yes. Fr- friend of the pod, Amy Poehler. Um, <laughs> uh, and apparently friend of the pod tonight, because this is the second time we're mentioning him, is Russell Crowe. Uh, so as you may or may not hey. know, there are a lot of we- yeah. <laughs> P- Peter's neighbor, Russell Crowe, um, is uh, Ozzy, Ozzy, a- <laughs> It's going to be a part of Thor: Love and Thunder, apparently. Um, likely in another cameo role, similar to how Matt Damon and Luke Hemsworth were in the last one. Side note: completely uh, hilarious to me that they tap Luke Hemsworth for. Um, for cameos to play like Thor or whatever, when he yeah. was supposed to, he was up for Thor against his brother, still makes me laugh. Um, but currently filming uh, in Australia, and we don't know exactly what the role is going to be. But he just seems like an odd choice to me, very odd choice to me. Um, Peter, have, can you give us any reports from the set? <laughs> from the, yeah, it's, it's all happening outside right now. Um, look, I'm down with this role. Um, I, I think I think. Because it's Taika Waititi and Chris Hemsworth, and we saw Thor Ragnarok was just a party, right? It was just fun. And I remember going to the premiere of the previous Thor film, and I remember everyone's jaw dropping when we saw Matt Damon, Sam Neill, you know, reenacting that scene. (laughs) And I was just crying with laughter. Taika did something amazing. And Chris Hemsworth, you know, he is funny. I didn't like the Ghostbusters remake, but damn, Chris Hemsworth made me laugh a lot. So my my prayer to Tyco, if you're listening, is put Crow with Hemsworth in a couple of scenes, or maybe make him a full character. I don't care. I'm down with it. Um, but don't forget, Russell Crow was very funny in The Nice Guys. At least I thought he was great with Ryan Gosling in that film as well. So you know, it does seem like a very unusual choice, but he is Australian and he is very talented. I can't deny he's a great actor. And um, I I just think, given the right scene, he will be hilarious he could be the next jeff goldblum in ragnarok i don't know but the the talent and capability is there and if tyke is right in the script i'm in i, I think this will be awesome uh, it, i mean in regards to him fitting in i mean he's a fat guy with a beard that could still probably beat anyone up i mean he totally. he's, he belongs where the he belongs in the fishing village known as uh, asgard right now i guess um, i guess you could say he's quite an unhinged man right? <laughs> oh <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did it. Sorry. <laughs> um, I, 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 uh, I had something. Go, Joe. <laughs> I, I'm trying to find the report because the uh, original report that I saw said that he originally was spotted by tabloids and whoever mm-hmm. um, with uh, hanging out with Luke Hemsworth, Matt Damon, Jeff Goldblum was referenced, which makes me. Uh, we, I don't know that we got confirmation that he was back, but it would make sense, I guess. Um, and then there was someone else, but I believe it's an actress who lives in Australia now. And I um, can't re- Oh, it's uh, oh, Isla Fisher, I think it was. Because, oh, of course. Yeah, yeah it was Isla Fisher. Uh, so they're saying maybe she was just visiting the set or something. But, man, I would love to see her in there because she is so goofy. What this does show is that we're going right back to the same humor as Thor Ragnarok, which I think comicbook.com if it wasn't them, I apologize, but just said that it was voted like the most rewatchable Marvel movie. And in my yeah, opinion, that's spot on. That's I yeah. agree. Um, I, I really hope that this Russell Crowe thing is in a cameo and he's a fleshed out character, not just because I want to see him, but if it's a cameo, that 
we're all ruined now. We just like that kind of ruined it. Like, you know, the, the magic of Matt Damon and Luke Hemsworth and Sam Neill was that we didn't know those three were going to be showing up there. And so when they showed up yeah. in that one scene, it was just truly wonderful. Um, so I really hope he's a, an official character um, like that, you know, maybe has a few scenes, maybe goes off. He's a, he's a very good. You mentioned the nice guys. He's a very he's he's funny, but only really as a straight man, kind of mm-hmm. like he could do a couple of goofy things, which that can work very well. Like he could have a lot of fun being a straight man in Asgard, like, you know, just being dead serious while Chris Hemsworth does his like, you know, giggly stuff. And it absolutely will work perfect. So I'm assuming, based on this report, and I'm just catching myself here, that I'm assuming and thinking about this in the same vein as Thor Ragnarok in the way that there was a recreation of sort of like, or a retelling of history or whatever. But that may not be the case. I mean, they may each be doing something completely different. Uh, and I just think about like Russell Crowe being like dressed up as like some alien type thing. And I will lose it. Yeah. I will absolutely lose it if that happens. Could be Corks, could be Corks' best friend for all we know. And you just, you never know. It could be just a voice. G'day, mate. What's going on, eh? Maybe he's, oh, but wasn't it? Oh, okay, now I'm getting ahead of myself. Maybe he's the one uh, noob master or whatever that they're playing the video games against. Noob master oh, is Fortnite. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would be. I'll, Hilarious, but they could, um, because Jeff Goldblum, if you remember, was also at the end of the credits of Thor Ragnarok. So anything's possible for Jeff Goldblum, anything's possible for Russell Crowe. Uh, I think Taika would have a lot of fun with Russell Crowe on the maybe, set. Absolutely. Maybe he's Howard the Duck. Jeez, <laughs> oh, get the universe going. <laughs> Um, speaking of universe, uh, we are going to jump into the next story, which is our final story of the evening, but this one broke last night. Um, Adam Wingard, who is currently the director of Godzilla versus Kong, uh, with, and you know, of course he handled this big monster verse story is now jumping over to a hybrid CGI animate slash animated, uh, Thundercats film for Warner brothers. So apparently he has been thinking about this story for many, many years. I believe it's the producer or maybe it's the writer that's on board uh, has said that they've been talking about this for like 10 years. Um, But it is said to, let me see, it is going to be grounded in the series, but more of an extension of the series based on an original idea, original story moving forward. And of course, Thundercats is He-Man and the humanoid cat-like aliens and all that stuff. Um, But... I believe, Peter, you were the one that told me you are a big fan of this uh, universe. I definitely grew up with it as a kid. Would I know all the characters? I know the theme song. Are you guys familiar with the theme song? Do you know all the Thundercat bits and pieces or not really? I remember he says, ho. Oh, oh, but, the, but the theme song was always thunder, 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 thundercats. <laughs> very retro, very 80s. You know, you got the very synth simple. music. <laughs> but lyrics. I, lyrics. I, but I grew up with it as a kid, and like I said to you, I don't remember a lot about Thundercats. I couldn't name all the characters. I couldn't tell you the adventures they went on. But, you know, that being said, it feels very welcoming because I think there's a new generation that would really enjoy it. And I'd say the same thing with He-Man. A lot of people don't remember that Dolph Lundgren was once the master of the universe. So, you know, there's some potential there once again. I've been very positive with a lot of the topics you've picked today, Joe. And um, like this one, I think we could get some fresh animation, fresh voiceovers, I like the director, even though I didn't enjoy Godzilla versus Kong that much. I, um, I've i enjoyed your next. I've enjoyed the guest. I really like the guest. That's another one you need to watch if you haven't seen it. I forgot that so, he did the guest. Yeah, so I, I, think, I think he could pull this off. And I think it's very welcoming to see an addition or an extension of this universe that many, 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 many uh, have grown up with, 100%. Yeah. 
So this is one that I don't remember watching as much um, and did not grow up with it, but I do know that this is a series or a universe that uh, a bunch of, I, I guess Warner Brothers, has been trying to get into um, or trying to recreate and bring to the big screen for quite a long time. Um, isn't there an animated series in the works at Netflix, or am I making that up? No um, way. I'm maybe making that up. But Sean, did you grow I feel like you grew up with this. I really didn't actually. I was not a. Um, I mean, I you know, I I watched my fair share of Saturday morning cartoons, but uh, you will not be surprised to hear this, Joe. I was more vintage about them, like the classic Looney Tunes and the classic Tom and Jerry, and like people were just like, you know, they have the Thundercats lunchboxes. And I'd be like, actually, on my animated Criterion, I, I and so you know, then I then I got beat up a lot, but um, I. I mean, I'm psyched for uh, Adam Wingard here. I mean, he uh, he secured, I believe he secured face-off, um, if that's the right person that I'm thinking of, um, and or these face-off uh, uh, reboot or sequel or remake. And so um, I uh, like. it seems like he is starting to like grab some IPs and be a little bit more, uh, you know, be a little bit more sought after in Hollywood. And when you hear something like that, like that you hear good to work with, great to work with, you know, makes his own vision, but also plays ball with the producers and stuff like that makes for a harmonious set. I sort of love when a director starts to snatch up a lot of projects and, you know, I would be happy to see him uh, work this one. Um, and I, you know, I've never like seen a Thundercat. Um, I, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know much about them, but I mean, I, I always think about, I never saw, never saw or heard of anything with uh, Iron Man in 2009 or 2008 and i jumped right on and had a blast and then like obviously never heard of guardians of the galaxy and then never heard of, and you know then there are these years later here you are <laughs> and here i am like just like crying when cap lifts the hammer uh sorry no you are um and i uh is that even right <laughs> i'll call it hammer all right oh my gosh <laughs> but um no I, I just think that you know people will just jump on to a certain uh genre of film they'll jump on to a certain ip um you know maybe they'll hear about it maybe they'll know about the cartoon from their parents maybe they'll know about the cartoon from their family a lot of people will just be like hey that this looks like it's something popular it was something popular if it's made well enough and like can kind of reach out to the masses people will jump on and you know like 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 the sort of the sort of um uh, I'm trying to think of a Thundercats reference, like the sort of Felinolia. Um, and yeah, yes, yeah. Goosebumps. <laughs> there we go. See, look at that. Nailed but, it. But it has the potential. Like if it's done very well, who knows? He might do He-Man, She-Ra. You know, there's a whole new world that could be unlocked. So eat your heart out, DC. Anything's possible if it's done well. It's all about the universes right now in filmmaking. Yeah. All Another franchise. <laughs> Um, Netflix is developing an anime based off of the classic 80s cartoon series. Kevin what? Smith uh, has created it. Um, they have some images out there, but I'm not sure that we know when it is coming out. Uh, sometime this year, they say. Um, there you go. No exact date. So it looks like there's a lot going on with He-Man and the Masters of the Universe and Thundercats and a lot of other things that I don't know much about. What I do know is that when I was mentioning Noob Master 69 earlier, I said I was getting uh, in over my head, um, mainly because I had read somewhere that it was revealed who he was or who Noob Master was. Um, and Luke shares with us that it was actually revealed to be Aaron, the Apple employee from Winter Soldier. Uh, <laughs> so 
There we go. Imagine <laughs> if uh, 13 years from now, uh, there's a Thundercats reference about like a new Master 69 type of thing, and we're all here <laughs> still being movie podcasters. <laughs> it just says it right there. That would be wild. Um, <laughs> uh, and we'd, we'd be talking about like Taika Waititi uh, now moving on to direct like some Titanic 2 or something, or like a reimagining of Titanic. Be President Taika Waititi. President Taika Waititi. I'm down. <laughs> all right. We have made it through the outline. What I do want to highlight real quick is just the new releases this week. Stateside, Godzilla vs. Kong, HBO Max tomorrow and theaters. Uh, the Unholy in theaters on Friday. Concrete Cowboy on Netflix on Friday. And the WeWork documentary, uh, which is a very long name, um, that hits Hulu. I just watched that uh, yesterday. Really enjoyed it. So do recommend that. It's very fascinating. Um couple announcements real quick until the end of the week uh if you purchase a podcast t-shirt uh, or anything from the guy at the movie store the all profit from those purchases like this i love this sweatshirt it's so comfy um my mom's like are you wearing that again uh but anyway we will be donating the profits to the american foundation for suicide prevention uh so definitely check that out and the last piece is we are returning for Trivia Night with Guy at the Movies and the Chumps on the 8th, which will be a week from this Thursday, and is the much-asked-for horror movie edition. Um, so that should be pretty fascinating. Peter, we can't thank you enough for being here, but I want to give you time to tell everyone where they can find you and sort of what your, your world is in terms of the film industry. Absolutely. Well, firstly, you guys do this a lot better than me. This is my first time. So you're going to go generous as I sort of wrap up and give you the spiel. Um, but I do want to say just before I run away and give you the details, sincerely, uh, you guys are absolutely brilliant at what you do. Um, I'm very honored to be on this podcast today. I listen to you weekly. Um, and it's like I said, I, I'm not making it up. It's been a real honor to share. You're this the one. <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and I hope, I hope I did well today. But my name is Peter Walkton and the surname is spelt W-A-L-K. D for dog, E for echo, N for November. My name is Walkton Entertainment. You can find me on my very own website, which is www.walktonentertainment.com. There you'll find all my reviews. You'll find blogs. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook and Instagram under Walkton Entertainment. I'm also available on Letterboxd. Simply, once again, search Walkton Entertainment. And I've also got my own podcast, not as good as what Sean and Joe deliver week by week, but I am available on eight streaming platforms, including Apple, Spotify, and your loving Google. So once again, look up Walkton Entertainment. And if you're into Twitter, I'm not really into Twitter, but I am around on Twitter on Walkton E-N-T. Thank you once again for having me on the show. And thank you for being on. We definitely enjoy having you on here. Uh, it's always great to meet new cinephiles and chat through all the craziness. I mean, we never know what stories we're going to be discussing each week because who knows what news is going to be released, right? And, and, I, and I like to party. This was definitely a party, and I'm down for it anytime you want. <laughs> Excellent. Well, you will we'll certainly, have, certainly have you back. Um, hopefully before you know your, your time becomes monopolized and things get back to normal, normal yes. or whatever. Um, but... At the same time, I will be I will be your wingman anytime. At the same time, hopefully things do get back to normal. Um, Sean, where can people find you now, Peter? Fun fact: if you just stare at Sean while he's doing this, it will mess him up. <laughs> I'll get in position. Hang on, that's not fun. Oh, that's bad. Okay. <laughs> people can find me at Math Teacher Movies on Instagram, where I do Monologue Mondays, What the Oscars Got Wrong on Wednesdays, and Final Shot Fridays. 
I also review movies of past and present and TV shows of past and present. I also have an Oscar column every week on Sean's Awards Watch. Okay, so if anyone was wondering why my voice got that way, a gremlin showed up on the screen, which, you know, I do appreciate. You know, I could have done this. I could have done this. It's oh, a- you will not. Is that a ceramic Grogu? It's a ceramic Grogu that has a piggy bank in there. <laughs> this is for the new house. <laughs> Doing well, it sounds. Oh, boy. Sounds nice. <laughs> uh, awesome. All right. And you can find me at Guide to Movies on Instagram, guidetomovies.com for movie news, reviews, trailers, and more. Uh, some Excellent contributions happening throughout the week. I've spoken about them in previous weeks, taken up a ton of time doing so, uh, but please just go over to guideatthemovies.com to check them out. Some great recaps of some shows and some other awesome columns, such as the one that Sean mentioned. I will say that there is a new column that I am promoting, and it's basically, uh, it's called Double Tap, the movies that we love. Uh, And it is mainly intended to be more of a community share of individuals coming forward and sharing more about which films they are, uh, are kind of their go-to films. What are the ones that you really love? We all have those opinions. We all have those ones that we gravitate towards that we'll rewatch anytime uh, we're feeling down or we're bored or what it may be, whatever it may be. Uh, So I want to hear from you about that. And if you're interested, just shoot me a message and we will get you scheduled to uh, share that with guidethemovies.com as well as promote you out there and really improve this awesome community that we have. But we are also available, our podcast that is, um, I'm available. I don't know. Dating site. Um, We are also available uh, on all eight streaming uh, podcast platforms that I always fumble uh, the names of what I'm saying, but please leave a comment. uh, Give us a like, give us that five-star review uh, and we'll party in the future. As Peter said, Uh, more partying to come. Um, What would you like people to know, Sean? Oh, so many things right now. So many things. But let's start with a couple of things. Wear a mask because this thing's not over yet. And, you know, it's already starting to spike again because people are stopping wearing their masks because I don't know. It's summer. (laughs) Wear your mask anyway. I don't want to hear about it. Wear your mask. 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 Also, please do not be going like, you know, don't go out to places like that often or something like that. And please get vaccinated if you do. If you do, please get vaccinated. Get vaccinated. Get vaccinated. Get vaccinated. Now, at this point, you know, it, it used to be wait until it's your turn and stuff like that. Now they're like literally encouraging you to forge forms and vaccinate. So get like <laughs> go in there with fake, like say you're 40, say you're 79, get in there, get vaccinated. They just want everybody vaccinated. Please get vaccinated. Um, there's another the thing. View, oh, yeah. the, the views and opinions of math teacher movies are also, not those of Joe Pelter no, or, I won't go to jail for this. or Peter no, from Walking Entertainment. <laughs> but um, the last thing, and this is one that we talked about today, and I guess I have to start talking about it now because apparently it's gonna make it's gonna be pretty difficult to vote soon. Register to vote now. <laughs> start now. Like literally, check now. Check now to register. I know we're not gonna vote until like eight years from now, but check now to vote. Please check now to vote. So what are they again? Mask, um, vaccinate. Nice. Uh, you know, anytime, and um, and register to vote. Check your registration now. Do it now. Not to go the political route again, but you're talking about registering to vote. And the one thing that I thought was really funny is they're like asking Biden if he's going to run again in three and a half years. And he's literally like, you see his face. He's like, dude, like we just got through this one. And someone was like, well, he's like, I think he even said like, I don't know, like, you know, 
what a, I never planned that far ahead. And they're like, well, will Vice President Kamala Harris be your running mate? He's like, I don't know. What did I just say? I said, <laughs> and I totally get that. I, it totally makes sense. Uh, um, once again, Peter, thank you so much for being here. And we will be back <laughs> next week. Um, but definitely check out Peter's content, check out Sean's content, and visit guy at the movies.com. See you soon. Uh,